I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. Nathan Bynum, welcome to Online for Authors. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here and to connect with you again. Thank you so much. We met via PodMatch, and I'm taking a look at all the wonderful things that are going on in your world. My gosh, you've got a lot going on. I do, yeah. It's it's always exciting. Always something with entrepreneurs and authors. They're always figuring out new things. You've traveled a lot. You've met a lot of successful entrepreneurs. You have a lot of insight and skills that could be very beneficial for others. You've written a book called Goal Setting. And goal Setting is Habits to Achieve Your Goals and Succeed in the Life You Want. There's a key there to the title, right? the life you want. Yeah, I specifically included that in the title because a lot of us will look at other people around us and they'll see success or what they believe is success and they'll measure their own lives according to that metric. Once they get there, there's also all these obligations that come with it, but it will be worth it if that is like the facet that you're looking towards the lifestyle that you want. It's not just about, oh, this this person's a multimillionaire. It's figuring out internally what makes you happy and what sets you apart, and then going towards that instead of looking to external sources only. Mm, I think that's so very important. I think part of the reason that we have is many concerns around mental health as we do is exactly that perspective that we forget that we actually get to create what we want here and that uh, we let everybody else's perceptions or expectations dictate what we do instead. Yeah, exactly. I think that looking at that and figuring that out, it not only leads you to that success, but it also helps you to figure out along the journey what's important to you and focusing on that instead of seeking out this grand thing and thinking that you'll be happy just when you get to that, understanding what makes you unique and leaning into that and experiencing that as you go along. Already by 25 years old, you had a best-selling book you're a certified goal success coach, and you're helping business owners create their guerrilla marketing campaigns. The, the focus there is to get seen, shared, and not scrolled. You talk about some tools in your book about mapping. Can you share a little bit about how maybe mapping has helped you with that? Yeah, so you can't see it right now because it's on the other side of the camera, but I have a huge whiteboard covering most of this room and it's because most of us are visual people. 
most of us like need to see things in a certain way. When I was writing my book, a lot of it was like kind of drawing it out on my whiteboard. It's figuring out how ideas connect together. That is um, as important with writing your book as it is in planning a guerrilla marketing campaign, whatever you are trying to do. It's having that like central idea, draw that in the middle of it, and then let your mind kind of free whatever way it's going. Whenever you're just typing, it makes it a lot harder to understand how everything comes together. I try to write in a chronological order that makes sense. If you have that freedom to see how this works with this, how that connects to that, then you're able to branch off and then branch off from those with the mind map. If you were getting stuck on something, this is what helps me with getting through the mental blocks whenever I'm either planning a campaign or when I was writing the book, it helps you see things from a different perspective mm -hmm. rather than looking at it, trying to make sense while your mind is thinking about it and processing it on the paper. Yeah. You've got some techniques there too about mindfulness and focus. Those are all great tools to use as well. Yeah. The focus and the mindfulness comes down again to the visualization, but this time more towards the reticular activating system. For people who don't know, it's if you're trying to think of something in the moment, like if you're in an argument or if you're on a podcast being interviewed and you're trying to think of like something creative to say, mm -hmm. and you kind of get stuck and like the deer in the headlights, but then Later on, you're doing something kind of mindless, like mowing the lawn or taking a shower, and then inspiration hits you. It's because your reticular activating system was working on that in the background the whole time. It wasn't until you weren't thinking about it, you let go. It was still working on that because it doesn't like having things not solved. A few years ago, I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I was like, I don't know, this is kind of woo-woo sounding, think about it, and then it'll happen. The science behind that is what won me over to that whenever I started learning about the reticular activating system. And knowing what your goal is, knowing what you want your outcome to be, it's not magic. It just allows your mind, your subconscious mind to see those things that you wouldn't have necessarily seen before as opportunities to reach what your goal is. It helps you along those lines because you were thinking about it and you understood visually and the feelings behind it. You're visualizing on that. So you really understand what you're wanting to get to. It's amazing what our mind does. Just absolutely amazing. There was a point in your book, see what I'm talking about. I think we <laughs> yeah. see what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You've got some favorite quotes. Do you want to share one of them? with One that I have written in another room on the wall. It's from a man who was writing about getting better percentage at a time. Small, simple things plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. That is one of my favorites because it uh, kind of encapsulates the fact that you don't have to chew off huge things at a time to feel that accomplishment. As long as you're getting better, like step by step by step, then it is going to compound. It was the compound effect 
that quote comes from. I think James Clear talks about that in Atomic Habits too. Mm. What they're trying to capitalize on is the fact that once you break down your goals, you break down your little things and you understand what you're trying to get to, you just have to do one step at a time. The fact that you're getting better, it's like a whole statistical thing. But if you like break it down, if you're better than you were the day before, just by a little bit, then that simple increase is exponential on the other parts. That's why it's one of my favorites. If I feel like I've had a bad day, like an off day, I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be. I'll look back and see like, well, I'm better than I was yesterday. So that kind of helps motivate me. But it was very powerful for me to see in your book, the image we have in our heads of what our end goal looks like needs to be extremely specific. Yeah. When you have that picture, any small step toward it is gratifying. It's any little bit that you move in that direction. You talk about getting a dopamine hit and how to measure your performances. And I think you call it mini goals, increase mm-hmm. the direction or the momentum and, and the motivation that comes from it, from visualizing it. Yeah, that kind of goes back to that motivation. Those little dopamine hits, they attract you to doing more of that work because you felt that it's like the Pavlov's dogs. You get that reward from doing that action, from doing that work. It's a positive cyclical thing that you want to keep getting that dopamine hit. You want to keep moving towards that bigger goal with these mini goals because of that positive association that you have with that. So I think that's super powerful. I'm grateful that you've come into my space. That Podmatch community has just been a blessing because I've met some extremely wonderful people, including yourself as a result of being a member. The framing that you're putting around these concepts, like these concepts have been talked about by many people. You are taking in TEDx talks and you're and reading great books and you're meeting wonderful people. This information is coming into your space and then you get to then frame it with your perspective and how you feel like it'll be benefit to others with your book and also your coaching and your services. So what would you say would be one of those tips that you would say would be universal for authors? I think one of the things that would be universal for authors would be to find somebody who has gotten to where you're wanting to get to, know what your goal is, see the steps, look beyond where they are right now. I know a lot of people don't post their struggles or mistakes a lot on their social media, but connecting with those people and really getting to understand what that process was like. That's one reason that it's hard for us to finish the things that we set out on. We have that goal in mind. We have this pristine imagery and the feelings that we're going to have. And that's great. One of the things that a lot of us don't focus on is the struggles. It's just as important to understand those struggles and to anticipate them, if you're able to do that, you're able to use in your visualization those techniques and look at what what's going to set you back. If one of the things is like writer's block or something, 
negative, then anticipating that and planning your action before you get into the field, before you get into like all the mess of that day and knowing what you're going to do to get beyond that. Connecting with people who have already accomplished this, understanding what is in the trenches between this place you're at right now and this amazing place over here is pretty vital for any authors who are wanting to make sure that they don't just like write a bunch of words and then just give up on the way. That brings up uh, a little a tidbit here that you mentioned. According to a study done by Scranton University, only 8% of people who set goals achieve them. And your goal is to raise that number. That is your mission. I hope that understanding some of these techniques is going to raise that number. All of us have so much potential in us. We set out on these journeys before we understand what it's going to be. I've pivoted my business already a couple of times to meet that unique value proposition that I feel like I bring to the table. The more you go, the more you understand yourself. You're always going to have to pivot. Having a direction to go towards that is motivating you along the way. That's important. I love that. I love that. There's something else I wanted to ask you, how procrastination helped you write your book. Yeah. So that's kind of a superpower of mine that I've been fortunate enough to have all of my life. I think we all have it. I think we're all yeah. born with this superpower. We just exactly. don't realize it's a superpower. <laughs> exactly. Thinking back on like all of my school days, like up into senior year of college, I would always like push off like all of my homework or all of my things until the very last second. Then I would just like get through it super quickly and usually do an okay job on it because I had that motivation to accomplish it before that little deadline. And a fire thinking, under our butts. <laughs> exactly. You have no choice. Done or else, you know? Yep. <laughs> Most of my teachers told me that that was not a good thing, but I didn't really understand how that couldn't be a good thing if it was so efficient. I didn't want to spend all this time writing or doing my assignment. It's a slow process. I just want to have fun. I want to get my work done in a short amount of time. What but, do you mean? It works for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And when I was writing my book, I wanted to kind of harness that, but I also cared a lot more about the product of this than I did about any of my schooling. I wanted to make sure that it was efficient, but I did a really good job. I broke that down into about how many pages I felt like would be a good one to shoot for. Then I broke that down into when I thought I would be able to finish it. And I broke those down into little increments along the way. That's where the mini goals come in. I would be very efficient because I needed to get it done. I would have that done by my deadline and then I would have another deadline and then I would have another deadline, even though they were artificial, I wanted to keep them for myself because I don't want to break my word to myself because then you're not going to trust yourself later on to be any help to anybody. I had a couple of months in between what I thought was my finished product to 
go back and evaluate that and edit it and then reread it, edit it all. I got the benefits of the efficiency, but I also got the benefits of having a quality product because I allowed myself that much time. Was this the beginning of what you referred to as your blueprint? It's not like a super cut and dry thing, but it definitely was um, what I cared about the most up to that point in my life, figuring out how to create that and how to do that in an efficient way and how to apply that and how to make those applications available to other people. I think that's when I really started looking at, okay, I've listened to all these things, these TED Talks, these books, all these people that I've talked to. What's the point? How do I make this something that is applicable to the rest of my life and applicable to other people? I really did start making it into a blueprint that I could copy the less variables that you have the more you're able to pinpoint where your weaknesses are, making it into a consistent blueprint like Steve Jobs wearing the same thing every day. He had all these routines. Successful people have routines and then they're able to look at what's not working. There was a clear goal, definitely a set amount of time that you gave to having that happen on a regular basis and you broke it down into a specific number of incremental parts to get it done. To be honest, it was not as clear cut and dry in the beginning as it was in the end. I hadn't really learned these techniques. I spent a while gathering that information about goal setting and like efficiency and everything and plotting it together. As I was breaking it down towards the end of it, it was a lot more clear, a lot more efficient because I was writing it as I was going and learning more about that. That was one of the things that I feel gave it an edge because it was all in the process of it, not retrospectively looking back on something. I was able to ask myself more questions and it wound up being other information in the book that I wouldn't have necessarily known if I thought I knew, knew everything. Mm. that I was going to be writing about, questioning myself, well, why is this? What is this? How could I do this better? Documenting that. Yeah. Having the experience makes a difference. Did you use the Pomodoro technique at all? Yeah, a lot. I actually used to use that back in school too, whenever I was writing super long papers. That's one of the things that really helps the efficiency and the procrastination. With the Pomodoro effect, people will adapt it to different amounts of time that they want. I'll use 20 minutes completely airplane mode for my phone. Everything else shut down. All my thousand browsers shut off, minimized, only one screen open. You're able to work 100% on whatever you're doing for 20 minutes. Don't think about anything else. And a five-minute break to get out all of the things that you're mind like tries to get you to pull towards whenever you're doing that, that definitely helps me with breaking it down and having that efficiency. You have a technique for authors. In figuring out that unique value proposition, it was not until a few months ago that I really understood what I was called to do. After taking a course on online presence and building your business online 
and following it step by step. This is not using any of my creativity that I use in other parts of my life. I need to do something about that. After reading uh, James Alfred's book, Skip the Line, I would use one of his things in there where you think about techniques or you think about anything, 10 things a day that you want to be creative with. The creativity muscle is something that we're all born with, but we wind up not using it as much as we go later on in life. After practicing that for a while, a few days, I finally came up with an idea to grow my email list with a event that I'm doing in August. It sounds weird if you don't know the name of my business, Lemon Launch. I was trying to think of a way to get that out there with something creative. I decided to do a Guinness World Record where I'm launching 10 lemons from a slingshot into an 11-inch target from 32 feet away in less than 30 seconds. Like that hacky sack game where you got a hole and you got to get the bag in the hole, but these are lemons? Yeah, and they're from a slingshot, which is made to shoot things that are like a quarter inch around. So, got an angry bird thing going on or something? <laughs> <laughs> if you want a real good visualization, there's one on my website, a video of me doing it. You can go to lemonlaunch.com forward slash world record. And that's where the video is. That's where people can get tons of free resources like for their business and then sign up to learn more about where it's going to be live streamed. I'll be live streaming it because I've got a lot of requests from people that don't live near Lakeland, Florida that want to watch it. Like me. I mean, if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't live anywhere near you. <laughs> this will be August 27th. The time is to be announced and okay. that will be in the emails once I figure it out with okay. the place that I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah. Some logistics still to come. Yeah. We're not six weeks away, so you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. If you're wanting to set a Guinness World Record, make sure to pick something easy, like launching 10 lemons into an 11-inch target from just 32 feet away in less than 30 seconds. I mean, lemons are practically made for this. They're perfectly round. There's no weird knots on the top or the bottom of them. And they're very small, so they fit perfectly into this little pouch. Well, let me just show you. Okay, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but I was wanting to get the attention of the media. This way, I could get the message out to thousands of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who need a little guidance to grow their business massively to finally reach that financial freedom. So I've partnered up with a lot of great business leaders in different areas to help give free resources to the men and women who are trying to make a difference in the world. Sign up below to get free access to all these great resources with more to come in the next few weeks. And there's been a huge scare about job security lately, and that's why I've been giving away my course for free, teaching people how to create a website for their business in just two hours, plus other resources to help people sustain being their own boss. So together, we're gonna make this a huge, amazing event, getting the resources to the people who need them, in a fun way while history is being made with a lemon and a slingshot.
in doing this, I was talking to uh, one of my friends, Tom Antion. He does the podcast, Screw the Commute. He was asking what I was the most passionate about, which mm-hmm. is transient hypofrontality, more commonly referred to as being in the zone or being in flow. And he was like, well, that you're going to have to find something else that correlates with that, but still uses that passion. That's when I wound up learning more about guerrilla marketing because I hadn't heard of it before. I realized that was my unique value proposition and that everybody has one of their own. Once I figured that out, it made all the tedious things of business a lot more friendly to me, a lot more beneficial. I understood why I was doing it. For authors, like there's something that makes you special. There's something that sets you apart from other people. And capitalizing on that and humanizing yourself is huge. That's how a lot of people stand out. Whenever I was first writing my book, like you mentioned, I was uh, 24 whenever I was publishing it. And I felt like I needed like a beard and a (laughs) fancy Sunday morning shirt on my about page. Some gray hair and some wrinkles. and Exactly. (laughs) I thought I needed this because I felt like I needed to be professional, but then it wasn't until like this whole thing with the grill marketing that I realized that like all of us have a way that we're looking at things that is different than other people that will benefit them. Incorporating that into whatever marketing technique that you're using, figuring out how to do that, the real marketing that I'm doing, the um, Guinness World Record. I did one not long ago. I was inside a vending machine that I built, like handing out lemons and brochures about the launch. My things that I like to do is to make people smile, funny, like this is entertaining, figuring out what that is for you and then incorporating that, seeing what the other people in your field are doing and doing something different. If all the people in whatever sector you're in, like authorship, if they're all focused on just primarily the email marketing, then do something different. You can either do that by doing the emails different, or you can do it by doing a completely different way of getting to these people. If no authors are doing like a billboard, then doing that and making that have your personality with it. If you're wanting to stick with the emails. If you have a huge email list, then you can, this is just off the top of my head. If you're wanting to like write a book and it involves a shipping store, then you can make the email upside down and then put a sticker on it that says this side up. They have to like flip their, their whole thing. Something gimmicky. Uh, they're real attention grabbers. And this is part a big thing that you mentioned because for visibility, that helps you stand out. It's a big deal. Another author that has a book that has a lot to do with police officers. If you're going to be at a trade show, dress up in your old police uniform, get those handcuffs out, and pretend that people walking by, you're going to arrest. Haul them into your booth. Make it fun. Make it gimmicky. Make it different. Make it memorable. You're playing with people. Play. Have fun. Yeah, I love it. I forget who this was, but because they're book was like something entertaining, something weird. They wound up doing a book reading inside of a 
bathroom at a train station. They had like 15 people show up because of how weird it was. It went viral. All the news media was picking it up. What he could do is, I don't know if this is legal, but do it inside of a jail, the waiting area, do a reading there, something super weird or outside of a jail. Just capitalizing on that uniqueness is that's the angle people want. That's why they're going to share it. The word of mouth is super powerful because it goes from people that they already trust. Figuring out those like strange things that people are going to want to share organically, like that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. This lemon launch is definitely going to be that for you. And you, you suggested everybody find that for themselves. And do you have techniques and, and ways to help them do that? Yes. I asked myself, what things would you do like on a regular basis for free? What things are you doing that are hobbies? A lot of hobbies are not going to make us money, but figuring out why you want to do those hobbies, looking at what it is about that hobby that brings out your values. Is it your creativity or is it your adventurous side? I love to go camping because I like that, that risk or that getting away and, or getting in with nature. If you can't figure that out for yourself, then ask people around you how you make them feel. Your friends, you want to make them feel like a certain way because of your personality. It naturally happens. Asking them questions, being able to implement that into your marketing, into your messages, into whatever guerrilla marketing stunt that you're doing, that gives you that power because you're able to connect with your tribe. You're you're not trying to be a Chinese fortune cookie and apply to every situation. That's not really going to stick with you. That's not going to resonate with you. If you hone it into that message that you have, those feelings that you give people, those values that you hold dear to you and put that into your messaging, then you're going to find those people that really love what you're doing. Yeah. Based on your value system, if you're not doing that, there's a huge disconnect and people can feel it. They yeah. can, it's easy, easy. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. It doesn't come off. The feeling just doesn't resonate. It doesn't seem like who you are or who they know you to be. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that was kind of the way whenever I was trying to be like super professional, like a corporate, whatever, corporate robot. It came across that way, especially to my inner circle. They know that that's not really how I roll. That's not what I typically do that unauthenticity, realizing that for myself was huge because that's when I was able to be passionate about what I'm talking about, being passionate about figuring out your unique value proposition, your guerrilla marketing, instead of being very strict, being very professional and like figuring that out was like a huge turning point for me. Nathan, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share today? I want people to really know that there is something very special about them. Like there's people maybe listening to this and think like, yeah, there's like other people have these values or whatever, but we each have our own thing that is super powerful that if we share it with other people, if we really let ourselves be authentic, then we're going to resonate with them. We're going to connect with them. Even if it's not like a client, if it's not like a reader, they're going to have that benefit from us. That's something that I think helps to drive a lot of people. 
Wonderful. If anybody wants to find out more about you, they can visit lemonlaunch.com, L-E-M-O-N-L-A-U-N-C-H. Well, thank you very much for being a guest today. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.